Welcome to Tales from the Abyss, the most unfiltered, unselfish, unapologetic, uncut, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell them, Jay. Oops, it's that time again. That's right, it's time for another wonderful episode of Tales from the Abyss. I am Jay Linderman, and with me as always is my co-host, partner in crime, Mr. Link. Link, my man. Unfortunately, this week's episode is a little bit sad. We're, we, we're gonna, we have an RIP that's going out to an actor that's been around for a long time, and he's actually appeared in some fairly great movies. And so with that, my, my friend, I want to toss it over to you. Why don't you tell the folks what we're talking about tonight? Jay, it's one of those episodes, like we have said before when we do episodes like this, is the one episode that we do not want to make or record. But um, yeah, here we are. We're talking about Thomas Edward Sizemore, known as Tom Sizemore in the movie world. <laughs> An, an yep. actor that uh, he did so many good movies and, and you know, he had a, a, I don't know, he had a way. It's like like they say that a, a blues player can carry his uh, his soul through his guitar and through his lyrics, through his voice. And Tom Sizemore, with every movie you can see, I mean, he can just portray this pain that he carried with him through the screen and even when he was smiling, man, he had a way about him that it was just so memorable. Really, and always enjoyed it. He had a look of, like, he always had this look of disbelief. Yeah. You know? Like, he could he could put on this face of, of sadness and shock. I mean, because it's been widely reported that Mr. Sizemore had his demons off screen. You know what I mean? So... I'm sure he had some stuff on film that, you know, some, some extra baggage he was carrying around with him. Yeah. And maybe that's the reason why sometimes he looked the way that he did. But as an actor in his filmography, it's top notch. Yeah, man. I mean, and then he was, uh, he was his own worst enemy, too, at times. I mean, he was funny about some of the stuff. Like, when Bibbit Entertainment, they release a... Uh, <laughs> the Tom Sizemore uh, sex scandal, and it was a sex tape featuring him with multiple women. And then in the video, he just claimed that he had been with Paris Hilton for no reason at all. He had to claim that, but he just went and claimed that anyway. She denied yeah, it, of course. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, but, but. you know, it was uh, he was a um, he was a man who who battled uh, drug addiction since since very early age. And, right. you know, it's, it's amazing that he made it that far, even with all the baggage that he was carrying and all the problems, because the dude actually was uh, he had been in so many underrated movies. Absolutely. Uh, I think his first film role was the Stallone movie Lockup. Lockup. Yeah. Yeah. You remember no. he played the role of the inmate Dallas. Yeah, and he had been also, you know, that here's the thing. He, we, he made the, the first time that he made the national news was because he was involved in some kind of domestic violence against his girlfriend at the time, Heidi Flies, who was the Hollywood madam. I don't know if you remember her, hearing about her. Oh, yeah, man, she was the madam that had all the call girls, and that apparently they had like a who's who of Hollywood on their list. And politicians, and she went straight to the uh, to Capitol Hill to fight her her... All the 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 the, uh, the allegations against her and all the charges against her because she actually did something about it. She was not in a jail cell where the camera went off and all of a sudden she appeared dead. Right, like Mr. Harvey uh, Epstein or Epstein, uh, <laughs> whatever his name was, Epstein. 
Yeah. What <laughs> they, happened? Well, he, you know, he tripped and fell on the ship. <laughs> they follow the butcher of Ashi. <laughs> but and definitely, they follow the butcher of Ashi always says, Jeffrey uh -huh. Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, I know. He's, he's always got something to say about that. It's pretty, it's pretty comical. It's pretty good. It's yeah, that's, that's his one-liner that he always brings up. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, this the, this is all the shit that that, uh, that Tom Sizemore had been in. But, man, just as far as, as far as like you said, as far as all the, the movies that, man, he had been in so many things. Lockup, where he played the role of Dallas, like you brought up. Yeah, he was the uh, police detective in the Wesley Snipes classic, Passenger 57. Yeah, and uh, Born on the 4th of July. He was That's right, he had a small role in that. Yeah, all yeah. stolen film. Blue Steel, which he, he, he stars uh, with... Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. With Jamie Lee Curtis, you know. That, I, I saw that movie a couple of years back. I remember it being pretty solid. Now, here's the thing that I never understood why on Point Break, 1991, he yeah. had, he was on credit for the playing one of the DEA agents. Yeah, the one that was undercover when they raided the house. Yeah, maybe he was so undercover that they didn't... <laughs> yeah. No, they, they are on credit. I don't know why they never credit him for that role, why he doesn't appear on the credits. I have no idea what... I don't. I think he also went uncredited as for his role as the mob boss and enemy of the state. Yeah, could it be that you know? Because they pay they they this actors they have to pay most of them. That's probably nothing, but they have to pay a certain amount of money for a uh, for their union card or something like that. Maybe his union card was running late or something, and it expired in the middle. Maybe they can't credit him or something like that because they violate some kind of union rule. That's all I can think of. Yeah, that's possibly it. Who knows? There's probably so many rules that we don't we can't even count that. Yeah, out. another movie that he was in, man. This 1993, he was on some good, good stuff. He was on uh, True Romance and Striking Distance. I love me some Striking Distance. Dude, True Romance, that's Rene Rico's favorite movie. That Man, that's a good one. He, he played Detective Cody Nicholson. And Striking Distance, uh, that one had a... Uh, that one was him. Let me see who else is in there. That was Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yeah, and they were the Pittsburgh Police... Oh. Yeah, dude, Striking Distance is probably Bruce's most underrated movie. It's a good movie, man. Dennis Farina cool. is in it. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, uh, like you said, Tom Sizemore plays his cousin. His cousin. There's a, it's a movie about a big kind of murder mystery in Pittsburgh, and that involves family members and stuff like that. And, of course... Uh, Bruce Willis plays the down on his luck cop because that's never been played before. <laughs> you know, likes to drink, yeah. likes to show up late. But in this movie, Bruce Willis actually has hair. Yeah, it's one of the, <laughs> the ones where he actually has a lot of hair. Actually, this one. If I remember right, he almost had it was kind of long in the back. If you go back and look at it now, you're like, damn. Yeah. Well, he was fighting the losing battle up there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk to that since I'm losing mine. Um, oh, dude, I've been losing mine since I was 19. That's, 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 hey, it, it is not a receding hairline. It is a retreating hairline. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, it's retreating. Um, then 1994, he was also some big stuff, man. He was on Wyatt Earp. That one was uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah, he played one of the uh, Masterson brothers, I believe. Yeah, and Natural Born Killer. He played a uh, detective, Jack Scagnetti. What a weird movie. 
Yeah, but it was very well received. It had a, a big boss and around it. And then he I don't get it. I don't get that movie at all. Nineteen ninety five, that was when he totally skyrocketed. Um Heat. Heat. He he went from devil in the blue dress to Heat. And Heat, man, Michael Sharito, like I said, I just finished reading the follow up to Heat, the Noble, right? Uh huh. And man, those characters were so impactful on that movie Heat. It's such a cult classic that when you're reading the novel, it's hard not to, when they talk about Michael Chirito, it's hard not to look at, at Tom Sizemore's face. Oh, I know. Or, he play, I mean, it was a, a bit of a smaller role, but it was effective. It was effective. And he was the one who actually, he was the one who actually broke the whole thing over because he was talking to Tone Loke, who played the street cat. And he said, yeah, my man, my man, who always, uh, he always calls everybody slick. And this yeah, slick. Yeah, right, he calls everybody slick, and that's how they were on to him. Yeah, that's, what, that's how they broke it. That's how uh, Pacino's character of Hannah, Vincent Hannah, broke into the whole thing and, and started getting to the bottom of who they were and whatnot. Right. Yeah, great movie. I have that movie on Blu-ray, by the way. Me too, bro. That's, that's, that's a, a, man, that's a good movie. And then he went on. 1996, he took a break, and in 1997, he came back with probably one of the most underrated, and it says that it came out in, in 1996. I don't know why I got two releases for this one, because it's a 1997 monster horror film. It's called The Relic, and it's, uh, yeah. it's underrated. I, I saw it in the movie theater, man. I was blown away by how good it was. I did not see that one in the movie theater. However, I did... I did um, grin it a lot. I don't own it right now. That's another Blu-ray I need to get, to be honest. But Tom Sizemore was great as the lead. He was. He was. This is. This is the one that everything fell on him. Yeah, I mean, I, he was a star. I remember right in an interview, Sizemore said that he took the role because it was an actual lead role. Yeah. And uh, who else was in it? Penelope Ann Miller, who was a hot commodity back in the 90s. Yeah, she was in it. Um, Linda Hunt was in it. James ah, the Whitemore. short little woman. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I remember her. I remember, do you remember the movie Linda Hunt was in? It was called If Looks Could Kill. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it starred a young Richard Grieco, if you remember, at one point Hollywood was trying yeah. to turn him into a big star back in the day. They, that was the one movie that they, they were going all in on him. Yeah, and yeah. it was like a basically a James Bond ripoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. Yeah, I remember liking it as a kid. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember Linda Hunt was the villain in that. I always thought she was hilarious. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was very good on that, but that that movie was a big flop. Yeah, and it should have been, from what I remember. I remember this is one of those movies that was always on HBO as a kid, and uh, and it, it, every once in a while I'd stop and watch it. But I, I'd actually like to try to watch it again it's been forever and this one was also uh, let me tell you something this the relic was a flop because it had a budget of 40 to 60 million dollars and it brought in 48 million and one of my most underrated favorite directors directed the relic and that was peter hyams peter peter hyams directed and he has directed some gems um, that I consider gems. Movies like Outland with Sean Connery. Yes. Uh, 2010, the sequel to 2001 Space Odyssey. The year we made contact. He made a lot of good sci-fi. He did Time Cop, 
with Van Dam, yeah. sudden death with Van Dam. Mm-hmm. So Peter Hyams has been great. Now he's had some shit movies like The Musketeer was awful. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, End of Days is underrated. I, I put it on my uh, on on some on what my the show where I did it hosted by myself when I did the underrated action movies. Yeah. Yeah, I had the end of days on that list. Hey, so. running, running scare um, was pretty good. Gregory Hunt Billy, and Billy Crystal. God, dude, I don't think I've seen that movie since I was a kid. Yeah, nineteen eighty six, uh, nineteen eighty six comedy cult classic, man. You know what? the another one that he that he did. Um, this one he wasn't the director; he was an executive producer. It was the Monster Squad. You know, when we were kids, that was that was big shit right there. We were all about that movie. As, yeah, I remember the Monster Squad. Yeah, the Presidio with Sean uh, Connery. That one, he was a uh, he was a director on that one. Presidio. I'm trying to place that one. Yeah, that's Sean Connery. Um, San Francisco. Um, they had a. Uh, they had. Um, let's see who else. Mark Harmon is in it. Yeah, you seen it, nineteen eighty eight. Okay. I don't know. I just, oh, Mark Harmon. Okay, I remember who Mark Harmon is. I don't know. Maybe I've thought a long time ago. Anyway. Yeah. Then he was. He let me tell you about the bad ones that he did. <laughs> he did Universal Soldier Regeneration. The that most, was his son that directed that. Yeah, he was. Let me I see think, what he was. Oh, he was a. Uh, he was involved. I think in he that. was the. I think he was the director of photography, though. Yeah, that's what he worked on this one on. Yeah. And Did it, you just watch that Universal Soldier Regeneration? Yes. You didn't like it? Nah, not that one. It wasn't. It wasn't that good. Hey, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning is nuts. It is. It is. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Beyond but again, I, but but you know I'm a I'm a Van Dameaholic so. Yeah, they were. I was. I was reading them by them. But them had a drug habit, like ten thousand dollars a week when they were filming uh, Street Fighter Two. <laughs> they said that they yeah. asked, they asked him uh, to send somebody, you know, to nanny him to 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 read the line to make sure that he can pronounce the words correctly. Right. He said, "Now me and my wife did it already. I did the lines." <laughs> now they were all laughing after the movie was said and done. They were like, "Yeah, that wasn't the lines he was doing." Right. That's but, yeah, he was doing every other line, but man. <laughs> Yeah, and Raul Julia, who unfortunately may he rest in peace, he was way too weak with stomach cancer to film any fighting scenes. So that movie was—I was reading on that movie the other day. That movie was a total disaster. Yeah, uh, the Street Fighter. Uh, you know what? I saw that movie in the movie theater Same here. with my dad, thinking, "Wow, this is going to be cool," and it turned out to be crap. Yeah, same here. But the relic man, Tom Sizemore, he he did a good job on this. I don't know if there was any controversy with him on this because let me see what what he went on to do after this. I think he wasn't a a lead man after this, was he? Tom Sizemore after this, I believe, was in Saving Private Ryan. Okay, so nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, he went into this was a big movie. Big. Saving Private Ryan is actually my favorite Spielberg movie. Yeah, it's a Big, big successful heat, and then, yeah. then he was with the the Slapmeister boy. Big shout out to to Chris Rock. Chris Rock destroyed that whole family this week on that comedy special on Netflix. I didn't see it. I Enemy heard about the, it though. Uh, Enemy of the State was Jerry uh, Brockenheimer. Um, 
movie. It has Will Smith in it. Yeah, that's the one he played the mob boss. Yeah, Gene Hackman is in it. Joan Boy is in it. Yeah, that one wasn't. He wasn't the big name on that one. Then he went and did the Florentine. That was one of those. Uh, Chris Pan is in it. Michael Manson is in it. A lot of the guys from Reservoir Dogs are in it. I I don't remember this one, the Florentine. I don't recall that at all. Uh, Bringing Out the Dead is Martin Scorsese, and I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Nicholas Cage is in it. Of course. Patrice yeah, Mitchell. he's the star. He plays the uh, the medic, the ambulance driver. Yeah, Nicholas Cage, Patrice yeah, Arquette. You know, he kind of sees too much, and it's, I've never seen it, but I've heard it's kind of weird, kind of strange. Yeah, John Goodman, Big Rames, Tom Sizemore. You know that one. That one, he wasn't the big name on that one. He wasn't carrying that one. By then, I guess. You know, Antonio Bandera and Woody Harrison play it to the bone. That was stupid. Get I Car- saw that in the theater too, and it was awful. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that one. Get Carter. Get Carter was bad. Yeah, Red Planet. That was also bad. That was really bad. That was the one with Val Kilmer, and they go to Mars, right? Yeah, about you can't blame Val Kilmer for that shit. Pearl Harbor was good, but that one he wasn't this big star. But once again, Jerry Bruckenheimer brings him along. So yeah, well, Pearl Harbor is you know, you know, just another Titanic. Yeah. But and John Boy is in it. But even you know Alec Baldwin is in it. But even even with all the uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. of course is in it. Ben Affleck. Even with all the 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 drug problems that this man is having outside of this, you can see how good of an actor he is. That this big big for this big movies they keep bringing him back. You know they don't. Yeah. They haven't said you know you're not worth it. Maybe maybe on the on the set he wasn't a problem. Then he went and did I guess he went and did this uh, ticker, which is a 2001 American action film. Um, oh I, God, I remember that movie. That movie was Seagal. Yeah, Steven Seagal is in it. Ice T is in it. Kevin Cage is in it. Nas <laughs> rapper Nas is in it. Jamie Presley Ice. is in it. Jamie Presley. Oh my God. But Ice-T is a badass when he does them hardcore rock albums. He can still rock that shit, but he's good on TV on that show where he, uh, this is what he does on TV. And I, I, by, by God almighty, I don't want nobody to come and, and start fucking with me over racial shit. But right. he's like the black guy that is street savvy police officer with a badge who explains to the white man what the black person that is on the, on this chair just doing some street talk is saying that's his role on TV on that show on what is a CSI? Uh huh. I don't know what what is it. I forgot what it was. Homicide or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always thought it was funny that that was his whole role in it. It's just he's the, <laughs> he's the the guy who knows what the other guy the slangs. He's breaking down the slangs for you. Yeah. For white America, so at night, at 9 o'clock at night, when their day is over, they can know what the hell the other criminal is saying, and Ice-T can break it down for you. But as a singer with that body count, man, I may not support the whole album that he has about killing police officers, but the latest one, the last one that he did was pretty good. <laughs> Big Trouble? Never heard, never heard, never heard it. it. Yeah, I don't think you, you like that kind of hardcore shit like I do. Um, no, man, that's, that's you. Yeah, that's <laughs> Uh, Big Trouble. That one he was also Dennis Farina's Dennis Farina's in that. That's another actor, always very good. Swindle. That one was straight to uh straight to video. Okay. 
Welcome to America. I don't know if that's, that's 2002. I don't know that one. Pauly Shore is dead. You know, you can tell in here his career is taking a, a turn for the worse. But then here he is on a good one, 2003. And you, I think you'll agree with me if you have seen it. Dreamcatcher, science fiction horror with Stephen King. Yeah, um, um, Lawrence Kasdan directed that. Yeah, yeah. It also has like Thomas Jane is in it, Timothy Oliphant. It's not a very good movie though. I like it, but it's not for everybody. But I like yeah. it. I just, I just remember not liking the ending. You didn't like the ending of that one. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I mean, it's been a long time since I watched that. It's been yeah. not like I, I like that one. And then he did a Paparazzi, two thousand and four. Uh, Mel Gibson, Cole Hauser is in it. <laughs> Cole Hauser. Hard for me to see him now and not think about uh, Yellowstone. Dennis Farina, <laughs> once again, is in it. Daniel Baldwin and Tom Sizemore. That one, he's not a, a big name in that one. Nickel Children, I don't think that's straight up to be. Damn, how many B-movie actors can they get in one movie? I tell you, Born Killers, that's another one straight to BDO. No Rules, straight to BDO. Yeah, I was. I forgot. Sizemore fell into the straight to video hell. Yeah, I think by then maybe his career he had that problem with uh with that uh Madam of Hollywood. And uh, Bottom Feeder, that's another horror movie, a monster movie, straight to video. Yeah. Yeah, that was from uh yeah Tom Sizemore. He was the big name on the poster of that one. The Furnace, that was that was pretty much they were giving him a good chance in there, but uh. It had a, it had a well it had a bunch of rappers and stuff. I don't know. That one was also straight straight to video. Danny Trejo, Tom Sizemore, Ja Rule, Paul Wall. Yeah, straight to video. <laughs> I hope it was. <laughs> Broken <laughs> Life, straight to video. American Son, Nick Cannon, Matt O'Leary. Sounds like these sounds like these need to be straight to the trash. Yeah, straight to video. The Flyboys. I, don't, I think the Flyboy was in the movie theater. That one wasn't straight to video. I'm pretty sure. Stephen Baldwin, Tom Sizemore. I don't uh, know why. Two boys from a small town for find a plane. Red. Red. I don't remember if Red was... Uh, Red was good, I think. Is that the movie with Bruce Willis? No. Red Red is, uh, is a one man's revenge because his dog got shot to death <laughs> after his owner doesn't have enough money to satisfy an attempted robber. And uh, it's Brian Cox who goes around looking for all of them to take him out. This is actually not a bad movie. Don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a yeah, storekeeper. He has a dog named Red. A gift. They gave him a gift for his 50th birthday from his late wife. Yeah. And, you know, they three boys come around there. And they come in to, uh, with a shotgun to the man. Uh, you know, the cash register, but it's a mom and pop store. It's only $30 on the cash register. And they become, you know, they become furious and they kill Red. Wow. They, they laugh and they leave. But, uh, yeah, the owner of the store, he's not very, he's not very happy about Red not being, not being around. <laughs> they sure the hell go after him. He, they go after all three of them and, and they sure the hell fuck them all up. Uh, Steven, Steven Gallner is in it, you know, from the movie that we did last week, The Smile. Yeah. And, and of course, Tom Sizemore is in it. Yeah, not a bad movie. But uh, 
So, I mean, even towards the later end of his career, he started doing some good stuff. He was, I mean, he was on and off. He was on and off. Yeah, uh, he started doing some more TV roles later in his career too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. The tip, well, the money in TV started getting so good because they had to produce them CSI and all that bullshit. Stiletto was good. I like Stiletto. Don't think I've seen that. It was action. I mean, it's not good, good, but it's action. Woman right. was the star. Toxic was. Uh, I don't know. That was another one direct to video. Super Capers was direct to video. Angels on Fire. No. Nope. 21. 21 and Wake Up. Direct to video. Big Money. Russell's. That's uh, the insane clown posse. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can see what he was doing around them. Uh, Shadows in Paradise. Straight to video. Uh, he, he wasn't reading the Bible. No. <laughs> no. No, that one has a good actor in it, Shadows in Paradise. Ar Armand Asante. I remember Tom, him. Yeah, Tom Sizemore. Yeah, he did that John Gotti uh, movie. I don't know if it was a movie or a, docu or a, or a series, but it was very good. And uh, even the mobsters that do their own podcast now, they say that's the most accurate portrayer of John Gotti ever made. Fair enough. All right. uh, but that one, I've never seen it, but it's probably good. Then Corrado, never seen that one. Has a killer poster. Has a killer poster, but I've never seen that one. Black Gold, straight to video. Has something to do about the Nigerian uh, gold mines or whatever. Cellmates, straight to video. Cross, that one, that one has more than one. American Action Fantasy. Nope. Suing the Devil. None of this, you know, Jay. Nope. I mean, none of this sounds familiar whatsoever. Uh, I'm, two, I'm listening. 2012. Uh, Madoff. Madoff in America. He plays Beto, whoever that was. I don't know. Uh, I don't even remember that. that movie. But that was, yeah, 2013, Before I Sleep. Never heard of it. I can't say I heard of that one either. No, Eric Roberts is in it. Uh Oh, we've seen this one. Paranormal movie. He was in it. Okay. I don't know how. What I, I don't remember this. Paranormal movie. Oh, it's a spoof of the uh, paranormal activity. Yeah, he plays himself. <laughs> it's the only movie where Tom Sizemore plays himself. That's funny. Yeah. The rest, once again, it's all uh, CLT made behind enemy lines. That one was pretty, pretty high up. Everybody went to see that. I... I can't remember if I saw that one or not, but I do remember seeing a recent Tom Sizemore, like, B action movie. I forgot the name of it, though. It's been a while. The rest. Everything in here. Six Ways to Die. Um, eh, Night of the Living Dead. Darkest, Which one? Um, Darkest Dawn. Never seen it. It's 2015. Is a... Came out in 3D, yeah. That one, that one. He, I remember seeing him in that. But he wasn't all that. Halloween, Crescent Point, Wolf Mother, The Bronx Bull, 2000, Indianapolis, The USSS Indianapolis, Man of Courage. That one, that one. He's in it, and Nicolas Cage is in it too. One that's the movie. That's the movie about the Indianapolis to the World War II sub that sank. That sank, yeah. That's um. And when the and the remaining crew members were surrounded by sharks. Yep. 
that's the story. Quentin tells in Jaws. In Jaws. That's the one. That's the one. The men went through hell and back. Those that survived. I think 300 survived from 800. I, I, something like that. I mean, I've never seen the movie because, I mean, it looked, it looked like fake and cheesy, so I, just, I yeah, didn't I mean, touch it's, it. It's just hard to do something like that. And from there on, it was all, man, it was all 2017, 2018. It was all direct to video. He was working a lot, but it was all direct to video. I think by then they were they were not giving him a good chance, man. I think that they were, he was just taking paychecks to go work, you know, for. A week or two, and then yeah, it was no, it was nothing. Uh, I think it was nothing that he could that he could do based on uh on his stuff. Two thousand megalodon rising, yeah, you know, once you're doing that one and you've been on the top, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's like me going and working at Burger King tomorrow. I mean, people would be like, "Damn, Link, you you on crack? <laughs> what kind of drugs are you doing?" Did you? Be like, "No, make up a D. Have some." Yeah. <laughs> Big shout out to uh, Waffle House, though. I never use Waffle House. I know people people talk shit about Waffle House, but boy, are those not the best hash browns in the world? I would say so. You I mean, that? I'm pretty biased, but... Yeah. Well, you got a better place? No, not at all. Oh, because uh -huh. I, I work with a guy, and his name is Julio. How he does it, I don't know, but I had to step him to the side and tell him, sir, you make the best... <laughs> Best hash browns that I have ever had in my life. Better than <laughs> when you make hash browns better than Waffle House, you have done something that is like people don't even understand. Like for anyone to do like Waffle House, you know, they have the cheapest bread. Sometimes even the bread can have some spots in it that is stale. They have the shittiest coffee. They don't use the best butter. They don't use the best cheese. They probably use peppers that are come out of a bag already dies. I don't know. But they don't. And uh, you're missing a good a point here. That and the prices have gone up. The prices are going up because the eggs are insane. I was standing in front of the egg aisle the other day. Well, last week I was complaining in here about the Gatorade Zero. Now I'm complaining about eggs. But I just got a laugh out of it this time. I wasn't upset about it because I can live without eggs. I can buy them or not buy them. But they were like nine dollars for a for a a twelve pack of eggs. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. I was at Whole Foods looking at them, and I was like, wow. I know it's Whole Foods, and they got good eggs, you know, organic. It kind of makes you want to go out and buy a few chickens and keep them in the backyard. Bro, and... you almost have to. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, going back to the story, Waffle House has all these items that are not good quality items. But the moment that you taste them hash browns, it elevates the flavor of the coffee. It elevates the bread. It elevates the omelet. The cheap bacon. It's those those hash browns can make everything in that plate taste delicious. What do you normally get when you go to Waffle House? I get that Western omelet or garden omelet, whatever the hell it is. You want the whole story? What I get? I'm what? gonna tell you what yeah. I get. I get a chocolate milk. I get a coffee. I get an orange juice. I get a pair of waffles. I get some butter. I get some syrup. I get the omelet <laughs> that I just told you. Two bacon's, a piece of sausage. Hash browns, hash browns with cheese. And you I also give, got yourself a heart attack. No, I haven't yet, but I give this waiter $10 and I read my New York Times peacefully on a Sunday without nobody bothering me for two and a half hours. I try to get in there at 7. When I do go, I try to get there at 7.15 in the morning. That's when they have already cleaned all the blood from the hookers and the strippers <laughs> and the gang members that have engaged into violence at 2 in the morning and 3 in the morning. 
Somehow, some way, at some point, the drugs have to wear off and they have to crash somewhere. They're not there at seven in the morning. The church people are getting ready to go to church, so they're not there. So you have a window from 7.15 to, let's say, 9.15 to have some peace in the Waffle House and enjoy yourself. So I get all this and I take two hours to finish it while I read some of my newspaper that I only probably do this like twice or three times a year and nobody bothers me. Other than that, <laughs> he got this done to a science. Oh man, this is done to a science. When I go to the Waffle House, it's to a science because there's no way on earth and no amount of money that you can get me in that Waffle House at two in the morning, one in the morning, or three or four in the morning. I would be too scared to go inside that place at that time. I did. I did 20 years ago. Not, not, man, not so when, much. Well, when you're young and you, you throw caution to the wind when you're out there getting tore up and then you have uh, something to put on your stomach. I mean, some of us even ate uh, at uh, Taco Bell at midnight back in the day. I can't do that shit anymore either. Fuck, you couldn't get me to eat that shit at gunpoint. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather go to bed with, with an empty stomach. So, yeah, Jay, from there, you know, 2016 and all that, he's doing all this thing. I don't know how the hell we started talking about Waffle House. I don't know. I forgot. I <laughs> you didn't interrupt me. You were you were taken away by, by my ability to uh, strategize the Waffle House. Uh, I mean, I'm impressed. I've just never, I've, <laughs> I've never heard, you know, somebody, you know, counting down stuff like, like that for Waffle House. It sounds like a military operation. Yeah, bro, you got it. I mean, that's the way I do it, man. Uh, here's one that uh, he did, uh, The Red Road, and it's an American television series that airs Sundance TV, and that one has uh, Mr. Jason Momoa in it. I like him. So this is when, 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 when you were referring to, they were, uh, they were, he started to do some television. Uh-huh. Here, uh-huh. Here's again some more television, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. God, Law and Order has been around since, like, Christ died. That shit's been around forever. Man. And here was another one. Yeah, just like you said, everything everything that you said is coming in here. He, he, he appeared on Lucifer. The I DC. It's a DC comic character created by Neil Gaiman, and uh, he was in there in one of the episodes. He was on Shooter, too. He appeared on Shooter. You remember Shooter? The show or the movie? The show. I've seen the movie, not the show. Yeah. And then he appeared on Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. You know Twin Peaks is good. I don't know if no, you like it. Yeah, David Lynch. Yeah, I like Twin Peaks. So he appeared on that. And that was in, in 2017. He appeared on Twin Peaks. He appeared multiple times as Anthony Sinclair. And then, I do know that there's a, there's a restaurant around here called Twin Peaks, and they have cold-ass woo! beer. Buddy, they got some cold ass coors. <laughs> I'm trying not to drink until May the 20th and my birthday, but boy, you got me excited. Red, big shout out to Red. Oh, I can't say names. Some people are married. <laughs> Maybe it's not wise to be. <laughs> oh god. Well, let me tell people before the audience thinks that I'm talking about a prostitute house or something like that. Uh, it's like a Hooters, but they got better looking girls. Yeah, and the food is good. Yeah, I mean, I've only been one time to the Hooters uh, Uptown Charlotte because we got out of a Panthers game. Mm-hmm. And my favorite place here is Optimus Hall to get a quick meal as a as a food court. But Red Beer said that there was no way that we could make it. What was with Red Beer? Red Beer said, there's no way, man. We got to stop at this Hooters. And I was like, man, I don't feel comfortable with that Hooters because I know the food <laughs> at Hooters is not very good. 
But there was no way to convince Redbeard that, that we could make mm -hmm. it to the uh, food court. So we had to go eat that garbage. And boy, the girls are ugly as can be in that one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you don't know if you're a damn dog park or a Hooters. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. That was so... <laughs> We are never going to be sponsored by Hooters. Oh you? hell no! I saw no, it, but hey, but Twin Peaks. Oh, they're ugly. Man, yeah, I can take a dirt road. I don't even want to talk about Twin Peaks. That, no, the food at Twin Peaks is good. Yeah, and the girls are very pretty. And there's one over here in Concord Mills, next to the movie theater that I go to in the mall. And I always have a good time. Man, I was there with Red Beer actually in December. It was so cold outside. It was my first. I, I actually was talking about that. It was the first time that I had ever been in a restaurant like that and gotten soup. That's how cold it was outside. Wow. I had never gotten soup. Even in a fancy restaurant, I wouldn't get soup. Soup is something that I would make at home. But I'd never <laughs> go out to a restaurant and order soup. Never. No. That was my first time ever. It was too cold outside. I was freezing. <laughs> Here's another thing that he did. And this one is, he's very well remembered for this. And I have played this. Not a big fan of it, but I played it and I enjoyed a little bit of it. And that was Grand Auto by City. He plays Sonny Forelli, his boys, and his. It look, the character looks just like him. That's a classic video game. Yeah, so that's that's basically um, that's basically man what he's been in. And um, and uh, let me see what else. Uh, I got some awards in here. Nineteen eighty four, the science fiction. Um, Fantasy and horror film, best supporting actor, nominated work, Heart and Souls. I remember that movie. That's the movie with Robert Downey. Yep, he was nominated. Let me see what else. Favorite Saturn Award for favorite actor, horror, The Relic, nominated, but he didn't win. Let me see the ones that he won. New York International, Independence, Film, and Video Festival. Best actor, Good Dog, Bad Dog, he won. I, never, I don't remember Good Dog, Bad Dog, do you? No, I've never even heard of that. Action and Film International Field, Best Supporting Actor, Through the Eye, he won. Action International, uh, Best Supporting Feature, Through the Eye, he won. I don't remember that movie at all. Huh. Best Actor, Visible Scars, nominated. Best Supporting Actor, The Age of Reason, Independent Filmmakers, he won. It must be some independent movie. Huh. Yeah. He was best Vegas Movie Award Best Supporting Actor for Clean. He won. Clean is a movie about drug addicts, I think. Well, that title's ironic, man. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it was a Serbian Montenegro movie. I don't I don't remember this movie. Uh Clean was uh in the nineteen twenty and uh, patient. Oh yeah. Fear <laughs> ambitious of a very young age, especially because he witnessed a gruesome murder of his own mother and something. Yes. <laughs> something like that but and nevertheless we went through a lot of the movies that he has made and and what 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 captures me about all this like I brought it up to you is the fact that uh that he even when he was going through all of this they still brought him back to a lot of big movies man yeah I mean he was doing some good stuff towards the end I mean I know he had we talked about earlier he had his issues that's probably why he had to do a lot of those you know, bargain bin films to yeah. try to probably try to pay the bills. Yeah, because that's probably the only way. I mean, he had two twins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, he had already been a kick of the set of, of Natural Born Killers. <laughs> For what? Uh, they uh, say that he he got he got a, it was revealed that he had for. for 
in 2003, allegedly molesting an 11-year actor when the film was in production in Salt Lake City, Utah. Sizemore denied any wrongdoing and was allowed on the film set back then in Salt Lake. Prosecutor decided against going forward due to the witness and evidence problem. So maybe he was innocent. I don't know that. If he did, you know, may he rot in hell if he was if he molested an 11-year-old girl. Something okay. they didn't see when he when he uh when he stopped. But here, you know, here's another of the problems. And in 2018, an actress by then 26 filed a lawsuit again. Alleging abuse, emotional problems, seeking at least $3 million. Again, wow. they deny it and uh the the it was reported that natural bolt killer staff duty was unsupervised. They had a supervisor on the set for child actors. In 2020, USA reported that Utah judge had dismissed the lawsuit. Sizemore again denied her claim, starting beyond the loss of work and the pain and humiliation this caused him and his family. Through that... Like a lot of trouble. Yeah. I didn't know all that, to be yeah. honest with you. An 11-year-old girl girl would think I violate her, whatever, whatever it be because she misconstrued some, some tossing when the director placed her up on my lap on the photo shoot or someone else idea. See, I don't know about none of that stuff in Hollywood, but if you came up to me with an 11 year old girl to sit her mm -hmm. on my lap, I would be like, no, man, I'm not like, I don't enjoy having children like that around me. No, nah, can't do that. Yeah. But I guess I was, I guess the guy was, was, uh, The reason why they dismiss all this, I'm pretty sure it was because this, they were not together at any moment or time by themselves or anything like that. Right. Yeah, so that's probably why. If not, they would have never dismissed that. But then, unfortunately, on February 18, 2023, he suffered a brain aneurysm. And they put him in the hospital where he was in, in critical condition. And February 27, the, the doctors decided that there was no, no further hope. And they, they recommend that end of life, you know, disconnect the machine. Damn. And on March the 3rd, 2023, at the age of 61, he was pronounced dead. He hate that, you know, I mean, it sounds like to me that he was trying to finally kind of come to grips with everything. And then this happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like, but I mean, it sounds like all, uh, his off-screen issues are, it's, it's a very long list. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, man. He was born November the 29, 1961, Detroit, Michigan. Died right. in Bourbon, California. Rest in place, Forest Lawn Memorial Park, Hollywood Hills. Um, went to Michigan State. He went to Temple. He wasn't a stupid guy, man. This guy went to Michigan State. He went to Temple University. In Wayne State University. Do you have a favorite Tom Sizemore movie? Um, guy is between the Relic and uh and Heat. You know, I know Heat has got a bunch of other big names in there, but for me, that's what I always go back to: the Relic and Heat. I'll say the Relic as well, but I'm also gonna probably say uh, Saving Private Saving Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, yeah, because he he shined on that. Yeah, yeah, but he Heat up there too. Another great one. I just think his role. He had a bigger role in Saving Private in Saving Private Ryan, and bigger then he role. was star in in the relics. So. Yeah, bigger role, bigger role, and and you know, and I think if it wasn't for all the uh, the addiction that he was fighting, because you know it was what it was, it's like a disease. You know, he's yeah. had it for so long that it's incredible that the guy achieved and work as much as he did. Yep. 
But had he not it's a long it's a long career. Man, it's a long career, man. He you know, to have drug addiction from the age of fifteen from the moment you're fifteen years old to sixty one, I guess, or if he, I don't know when he got clean, if he ever got clean. You know, it's amazing, bro. It's amazing this man work as much as as much as he did. He must have been a functional person, one of those functional people that can do drugs and and yeah, yeah. one um, functional addict. Yeah, because my God, I mean, it's a, a big body of work in there. Can't be yep. easy to be in a set for twelve hours if you got addiction, man. You gotta <laughs> you get high and you gotta go on set and whatnot. Can't be can't be easy. I mean, some people. I mean. Some people have been doing stuff like that for a long time, and then that's not just Hollywood. I mean, think about wrestlers. Oh no! And and, uh, and real, what wrestlers get a bad name because back in the day, back in the day, a lot of professional wrestlers would get together. They would have beer. They would smoke a joint. But then the business changed, and instead of having the old school professional wrestler, they started getting all these cookie cutter dudes that were not fit for the for the job. Mm-hmm. But they could be. They could do aerial moves and they could do all kinds of moves. And they started getting injured, but the money was so good where they had to take something to fight the injury. Yeah. And a lot of them lost their life because of that shit. A lot of them were not, not equipped to, to, to work for the first of all, the schedule was crazy, but a lot of the major wrestlers, they get a bad, bad rep. I mean, a lot of the major wrestlers, that's all they probably did. I mean, if they were not dropping dead all over the place with drug addiction and all that stuff. All that shit started when the business started picking up on television. That's true. That's when that's when the thing, you know, a lot of them, some of them, you know, yeah, they die at a later age because of their early abuse of uh, um, steroids. Right. Yeah, because once you get older, you know, you have inflammated that heart. <laughs> it's hard for, <laughs> man, it's hard for that heart. That heart, once you get old, man, it is what it is. That heart is hard, so... But, you know, professional wrestlers from back in, in the day that you and I grew up, a lot of them, like the NWA guys that you and I were more passionate about, bro, they were, they were that's all they did. Them guys, man, they might have been out and about getting women and drinking and stuff, but they were not hardcore junkies. That's true. Man, and, it's, and that happened and went on for decades. Yeah, a lot of them, shit, forever, you know, but the ones that did... Once the business picked up and it was hard for them dudes to 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 be working 360 some days a year traveling and traveling and traveling and doing TV bullshit and appearances and whatnot and yeah it was hard for them this is I mean you can see I like I saw Hulk Hogan getting out of a car a few years back man and Hulk Hogan he just drags one of his legs he doesn't limp he drags that one leg He's had some bad hip problems too, though. Yeah, because of that finisher that he had. That that leg drop that uh, Luthez said couldn't hurt with my grandma. <laughs> but it sure the hell does a lot of damage to your hips and your lower back. So yeah, Jake, going, going back to this, I mean, it's a shame that he too, based on uh, well, the age of Pacino and Robert De Niro, even though I don't know, they can put some makeup on them and fix their hair, and next thing you know, they're forty again. Right. But, uh, man, it's a shame that Heat 2, once I read that book, that the follow-up to Heat, Heat 2, it's a shame. that, And I think the way that it went off, Heat 2, they're more likely going to be a Heat, heat Part 3, the novel. 
I need to read it, and I can't wait to read it. Man, it's such a such a good read, such a good read, because it takes you all the way from Vince and Hannah how he got to to uh, well, it takes you all the way when he was in the service, when he was in the Marines. Okay. And then it takes you all the way when he was in Chicago and what led him to change path uh, and go to Los Angeles to work as a cop over there. I got you. Yeah, and it takes you uh, what happened to a uh, Chris, who was the only survivor of the uh, of the of the whole gang, mm-hmm. and where he ended up, and how John Boy helped him get out of the country and all of that. But yeah, I wish they would have made part two. It would have been very good because all of them are in it. You know, they do a flashback about what kind mm-hmm. of work they were doing, and it ties up with the story and the way they did it is so good. But I wish, I wish, man, I wish Tom Sizemore would have had a. Would have had a different a different career when it came to being a leading man. I mean, if he would have he would have had because Hollywood, the camera loves this guy. Yeah, he had a good screen presence. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, man, but I can tell you, nobody can like doing a, a a a police a role of a police officer carrying trauma, carrying pain inside of him. Somebody that has seen darkness, that has been through a lot of hell. Mm-hmm. This guy could portray that like no other man. Yep, fantastic fantastic uh, filmography as despite the you know the straight to shit videos or movies that he did but yeah, yeah. of course anyway, but I think at some point a lot of actors go that route due to various reasons I mean Mel Gibson's gone that route Nick Cage has gone that route I think Nick Cage is on the verge of a huge comeback but um, who else I mean a bunch of people have so you, you can't really fault the guy for trying to earn a living yeah um, think, Bruce Willis went that route, but of course Bruce has got major health problems now. Well, so, we, we found out we found out why he went down that route. Oh well, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's got dementia. Yeah, so it was easier for him to go down the route because the big productions they they lose too much money if they had to start pausing for a few days because he didn't know his lines. And the other yeah. movies would have been more complicated, and the ones that he worked at, you know, they put that earpiece and they started just talking to that earpiece and he would recitate, he would recite whatever he heard and it would, right. it was easier. So, you know, people didn't know why he went down that route, but that's the reason being because yeah. he was such a love actor, you know, when he was on it and Mel Gibson, you know, he's been his own, again, he's been his own worst enemy because of his addiction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, the last movie he did, I forgot the name of the last movie where he plays this controversial radio, uh, Jock that uh, gets in all kinds of trouble. Never heard of it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. That one was straight to video, but it was good. Or straight to video on demand. Now, mm-hmm. I guess that's the way that we have to describe it because there's no such thing as a video store, is there? Don't think so, buddy. That's <laughs> gone the way of the dinosaurs. Yeah, but I would have loved to see this guy. Uh, you know what Tom Sizemore could have played that it would have been a great movie for him? What's that? He could have played an evil Sith in uh, Star Wars. I can picture that. Yeah, bro. He could have been he could have been a villain in Batman. He could have been Clayface. He could have been a good one. That's solid. Solid, solid, bro. He could have been he could have been he could have been Clayface. And he could have been like an actor. You know, Clayface is an actor who went through all that shit. And now he turns into all kinds of... Yeah, Tom Sizemore could have... That's our two roles that Tom Sizemore... And again, it would have been with a sci-fi role. 
Yeah, man, Tom Sizemore could have been the, uh, he could have been the, uh, the quintessential, uh, king of sci-fi of our era. Look at the right. dog is making an appearance. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie's making an appearance on our show today. <laughs> he's, he's stuck upstairs and I'm downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got to get my brutus out there in the yard so he don't hate me because I got to take off to go watch a movie this afternoon. That's yeah. funny. Charlie will put his big, fat, brown, fuzzy head through a cat door. So <laughs> you walk up the stairs and all you see is a big old brown head. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. Yeah, he about, he's about to come down now. Yeah, there he is. Hey, Charlie. Hey, man. But like always, uh, we're coming to the end of this this week. Um, and... Uh, We'd like to remind everybody to check uh, Renny Rico out on his, uh, I call him Double R, but Renny Rico out on his show on uh, The Sentiment. The Sentiment. And um, I'm looking And also now, I said it uh, on last week's episode, but also now we uh, have uh, an email address to receive uh, comments, questions, suggestions, critiques, whatever. Yes. And our new email address is abyssdwellers. A B Y S S D W E L L E R Z at gmail.com. There you go. And then Linderman's Picks, we, we're going to be coming back this week because uh, you know what's happening this week in, in, in college basketball. It's March Madness. March Madness. Even though I've been watching a lot of hockey, man, that Hulu app. Oh, they put all the hockey games every night. I was watching the Lightning destroy the Flyers the other night, but it was it was good. No, my I think my team that I follow is the Flames. Oh, but I we, know, I know. We sucked this year. They're not, yeah, yeah they, they got a bunch of new faces. They're not clicking. Same issues with the Atlanta Hawks. They, bunch of new guys. They got a brand new coach. They're just not clicking. They had a good game last night. Though. They actually they they played a, a solid second half. Uh-huh. Instead of on a lead like they always do, and for some reason we can't beat the Hornets. I don't know why <laughs> the Hornets. Beat, the Hornets beat I mean, New York. I know that's your team, but they're not very good. Well, my team is the uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. When I grew up, my whole life. But then I, since I moved here, I'm just affectionate towards the uh, towards the Hornets. I enjoy going to the games and whatnot, and I I enjoy the atmosphere down there, and I enjoy myself. But yeah, unfortunately, it's a real bad team, real yeah. bad team. And I, the other day, I woke up and I was checking. You know, I usually have a cup of coffee and check scores and the news and everything. And I came across a the score of a game where they were in New York at Madison Square Garden and they beat the Knicks. And I was like, "What? I couldn't believe they beat somebody." It's like shocking in here in Charlotte when they beat somebody. But no, I didn't forget. Uh, before Randy gets upset at me, I, I, I didn't forget the name of the sentiment of the show. I was just looking for something in here that I had brought up to Jay. Last mm-hmm. week, and I wanted to bring it up again. You know that I always share stuff from Bloody Disgusting. And here's what it says uh, on the Cocaine Shark trailer. Uh, in the wake of Elizabeth Banks directed Cocaine Bear, which has now snorted up $53 million, <laughs> the low-budget indie horror scene is hard work in their attempts to capitalize on the film's success. Coming soon, the asylum will be unleashing Attack of the Meth Gator. Oh, and my God. Bloody- and bloody disgusting has learned that wildlife releasing has their own muckbuster on the way. Coming soon from wildlife releasings, cocaine shark, 
We don't yet have the release date for Cocaine Shark at this time, but the official trailer has been unleashed this week. It looks well, just like it says. And what you expect, director Mark Polonia's film, Mafia Drug Lord, has unleashed a new highly addictive stimulant on the streets called HT25. And it comes from Shark, held captive in a secret lab, in which causes a monstrous side effect after an explosion and leak on the lab. An army of mutated bloodthirsty sharks and other creatures are set on the loose on the world. Because we all know that sharks in captivity, especially those big-ass sharks, live a very long life. It's a movie, Jay. Cocaine Shark has a trailer. You're going to get a big laugh when you see it. Um, big sharks. My, my mind, I'm sorry, my mind's blown. I mean, I'm just like... <laughs> Mark okay. Polonius. Expect to see Mark Polonius in the Oscars receiving the award for best uh, mock movie or whatever. The f so that's basically that's basically what's coming this year. A whole lot of uh, <laughs> a whole lot of animals that are on cocaine. What's wrong with uh with uh when, remember back when in, when a dog could get bitten in his nose by a bat and all hell would break loose. Yeah, man, Cujo. Yeah, now they have to have cocaine. It's like you have to go way over the top. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they want to do a movie about animals doing cocaine, just, you know, go look at one of the animals owned by any member of Motley Crue. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? You think that chip that, uh, that, that Michael uh, Jackson owned, may he rest in peace. Bubble? Yeah, you think Bubble ever got a hold of some of that medication? Oh, I don't know. Bubble would have been hell if he got a hold of some of them pain pills and some of that shit. Monkeys could be mean anyway. Yeah, man. They like throwing shit. Oh, well, he's so cute. I'm like, well, okay. When he grows up to be 800 pounds and comes and rips your face off. Man, they, you know, with males, they rip your testicles off. This is a true story. That's what they do. A lot of the, the, the chimpanzees, when they get upset and they attack a male, I don't know why, mm -hmm. but they, they, yeah, that's what they do. It's crazy. I think I'll stick to my little baby cat. He's spoiled. He may throw a few tantrums, but we can handle that in this house. We don't need any any chimpanzees going crazy in the middle of the night. But no, I already got a golden doodle that goes crazy. I don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah, I got a little uh, showman in here. Three in the morning, he goes on stage every morning right outside my door. Yeah, Charlie's upstairs raising hell, barking, trying to come down here. Now he's down here. What do you do? He got on this concrete floor and laid out. <laughs> That's all they do, bro. That's all they do. So, Jay, any parting shots before we uh, shut this down for this week? Yeah, just, you know, it's, it's, this week's episode has been fun, talking about the, the late Tom Sizemore. I understand, folks, please understand that we, that we ourselves doing the show are aware that Tom Sizemore has had all the screen issues with drugs or you know whatever the problem may be please understand too we do not condone these actions yeah yeah i mean if he like what what i said i said if he if he was guilty of anything that had to do with an 11 year old girl may he read may he rot in hell absolutely and i agree with you yeah but folks really but, we're talking about tom sizemore because we respect his filmography yeah just because of the movies that he made you know i don't I'm not aware of, of much, you know, he had a problem, you know, you were dating the head of a whorehouse and you got into an argument with her. I mean, that's just common sense that that kind of shit is going to happen. That's like I would tell athletes, <coughs> professional athletes with millions of dollars, what the hell are you doing in a club at three in the morning or four in the morning if you got $230 million? Go home.
Go to the hotel. Shoot, if you're making two hundred thirty million dollars, you can at least make a fucking free throw. Yeah, you know how many players out there make top money and they can't even hit a free throw? No, I mean it's not even that. It's just have common sense and take good care of yourself. I mean, stop branding guns and doing stupid shit. And hit your free throws. And, yeah, I think he can do that. I think the person that I was referring, he can hit free throws. He can. Oh, that. I know you're. Yeah, you're talking about John Morant. Yeah, yeah, he's a star. He's a legitimate star. Oh, dude. Like, this dude could run for mayor of Memphis and he would win right now. He would but win. the problem is so, he's, hey. getting, he's getting a big head. Yeah. So, folks, for the great Jay Landerman, I am Link, wishing all of you a safe and wonderful week. We'll be back next week.